That's why I get so cross, in a sense, with the media, because what they're doing is they are constantly fueling that emotional part of the brain and therefore actually causing that imbalance within the brain. Hello and welcome to Overcoming Anxiety with Dawn Morgan. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening wherever you are. I have a guest with me today. Alison Liu is a brain health coach and expert in helping women to reclaim their mental sharpness and improve their energy and mood. And we're going to hear all about Alison's story. Alison, welcome to the show. Oh, Dawn, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really looking forward to sharing uh, my journey with your listeners and hopefully some tips and hints along the way that might be of real benefit to them. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's great to have you here. So obviously my show is all about overcoming anxiety and how anxiety shows up in our lives, whether it's in, in little pieces or, or great big overwhelming life-changing situations. So um, I'm going to pass over to you now so that we can hear your story. Oh, thank you. Um, to be honest, I never really thought about my brain very much. It's uh, not something that we learn too much about. And uh, we learn more, I suppose, about our heart or um, looking after our skin as we get older. But mm -hmm. nobody really teaches us so much about the organ that is our brain. And, and uh, so as I was getting older, uh, heading into the perimenopause and the menopause, I mm -hmm. really started noticing some changes in my own uh, mental health. So I started to get brain fog. Um, and it, it came on so gradually that I didn't really, I didn't really notice it happening. I just yeah. knew that I was finding it hard to pull my thoughts together. Um, there'd be times, literally, I'd be right in the middle of saying something at work and I'd lose it right in the middle of saying it. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, I would, uh, go to meetings or there'd be decisions that had been made that I'd been part of, fully involved in, and I just couldn't remember them. Um, wow. and, you know, I started to get panic attacks, which was really unlike me. I'm, I'm quite easygoing, quite laid back, uh, quite a positive person. Um, but literally times would, I would be in the grip of a panic attack. Um, and my mood was kind of, uh, all over the place, really. I'd, I'd have lower moods than I would normally have. And I was becoming irritable, uh, way more irritable. Again, I, I had just been really quite quite laid back and positive before. And so I'd become snappy. Um, and uh, it was really unlike me. And just going through, going through that period in my life, honestly, it, it made me um, feel like I was losing my sense of self. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't really uh, see myself, my normal self, in how I was behaving. Yeah. And it really unnerved me. Um, I think uh, that whole combination of things happening really started to make me think, oh, my goodness, I, I feel like I'm losing my mind. And so I, I did a lot of research at the time um, to just kind of find whatever I could that could help me. And, mm -hmm. um, and I'm so grateful, I really am, that I came across 
just um, some amazing websites and then books uh, by functional medicine doctors. I don't, I'd never even heard that term before. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, people in the whole um, in the field of medicine, but looking at whole whole body and whole life yeah. medicine rather than just taking bits of us, uh, you know, looking at little bits. And um I said people like Dr. Mark Hyman, um, Dr. Josh, Josh Axe, um, uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, and and lots of others. And there was this just wealth of amazing information out there. And um, and so I started to uh, adopt some of the things that they were talking about. And literally, as time went on, I started to, the, the brain fog started to lift. Yeah. And I I could then think more clearly again. I was like, wow, this is incredible. Um, my energy was starting to come back. And this, you know, some of it was a bit sudden and, and other bits were gradual over time. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I kind of feel now like I'm in a completely different place. I, I feel like I've got myself back. And, yeah. you know, there are times that I can still have low mood. Everybody can, but I kind of bounce back from it more quickly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those panic attacks, they've gone. I, I mm. don't have them anymore. Um, and so, yeah, it, it really changed my life. Yeah. And uh, it kind of made me think, well, you know, why don't we know this stuff? It, it's, um, you know, people are walking around struggling, yeah. uh, especially with all of the things that I've been talking about. And yet people don't know what they could do for themselves. And so I decided uh, that I would train um, to become a health coach. Um, and uh, then when I was thinking about, you know, where where should I uh, kind of specialize a little bit as a coach, I realized that all of the stuff that I've been interested in the most was about the brain. And, uh, you know, not only kind of mental health, which is what I would I would call like software, but also the hardware, the, the actual organ that is the brain itself. And, um, you know, how we can look after the organ to help it function function optimally so that the software runs on it better. And uh, so, yeah, so then I specialized in becoming a brain health coach. And now I'm just so passionate about helping people to look after what I would say, (laughs) although I'm a little biased, um, but what I would say is the most valuable asset they own. uh, It is who they are. It's everything uh, about them. And uh, and so, yeah, it's a real privilege to kind of work with people and, and help people to look after their brain. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, what you were saying about, you know, just this different approach of whole body medicine. And and I know from my own experience of, of menopausal symptoms, you know, I went to the doctor, they hit me all of a sudden and I had the same thing, you know, no energy, brain fog, just feeling just awful and um, I'm not sure whether I was snappy or not. Um, nobody's told me I was, but maybe I was. <laughs> I just, you know, it's just that sort of not feeling like yourself and not being able to sleep at night because of all the sweats and all those horrible things mm. that you get. And, and you know, I went to the doctor and and they don't really help because I, I was no. adamant. I didn't, I didn't want um, HRT or anything. I wanted to try other stuff first. So I, 
she gave me some vitamins and, and whatever, but it just wasn't working. And, you know, I was month after month, nothing was changing. So I did something very similar to you, but for me, it was more about diet, you know, because for yeah. me, I know I'm pretty sensitive to various things. So I was, I've been looking into diet. Um, mm -hmm. And that is helping me a huge amount. I just mm -hmm. sort of changed a lot of the stuff I was doing. Um, and, you know, most of the, the really awful symptoms have, have gone away, which is, which is great. So I guess it's a similar thing, you know, you've been looking at as well, you know, looking for those alternative ways of doing things that don't, so you're dealing with the, the cause of the problem, not the symptoms of the problem. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's true. I mean, food was uh, a major one for me as well. I think that was that was the one that gave me the biggest step change. Mm -hmm. I can I can remember it was just before Easter, and I felt so awful. And I had been reading about kind of elimination diets, mm -hmm. and I was like, right, I'm just going to do it. I'll do it for the period of Lent, which is six weeks. Mm -hmm. And I remember it so clearly because I like I cried because I like I did not want to give up eating things like pizza and uh, cakes. I was a I was a baker. I mean, I loved yeah. baking cakes and there were so many things I just didn't want to to give up. It was so it felt like such a big deal to me at the time. And. Uh, and I, I, you just have to kind of think, well, you know, what am I, I going to eat for breakfast? You know, I mean, aside <laughs> from anything, it felt like the biggest challenge. Um, yeah. But anyhow, so, you know, a week or two into this diet, it's probably hit about two weeks. That was when the brain fog lifted. And, yeah. and it was just such a stark change from where I had been before to where I, where I got to that actually I never came off it. No. I was like, this actually is making me feel so good. And yeah. uh, so, you know, at times I've I've tried uh, the odd, um, you know, little bit of something. And uh, and I'll, uh, a few times I've tried to reintroduce some foods again. And after a few days, because you need a few days of, of trying, I've been like, oh, my goodness, I've got some symptoms back again. And yeah. so I'm like, okay. Because I was, honestly, I was having like multiple, multiple joint inflammation. Yeah. And uh, it was actually starting on some of my joints to, to deform the, the joints. And, you know, I'm only, I'm only in my fifties. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like both shoulders, both elbows, both wrists, you know, and there was, they say that for anybody where it's um, symmetrical on both sides of the body, it's a, an indication that you might have some kind of rheumatoid arthritis going on. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, for goodness sakes, I'm in my mid fifties. I would just, you know, I'm, that's not acceptable to yeah, me. Absolutely. I yeah. have rheumatoid yeah. arthritis. But what happened was when I when I started eating some of those food again, I'd get a multiple joint flare. And yeah. as soon as I take them out again, I'm fine. It's crazy, isn't it? And yeah. and what I find is, you know, I, I see people suffering. Um, and I'll say to them, well, why don't you look at your diet? Mm. You know, just um, but there's this great reluctance to to do that with so many people. Yeah. But it is, it is so incredibly powerful when you do. You know, yes. I've, 
I still eat cakes, um, but I just make them in a different way. In a different way, <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do get the hurdle to yeah. overcome um, when it's when it touches on like your favorite your favorite foods and. You know what I would what I would say to somebody is just give it a go yeah. for like three to four weeks. If you can do it for six, even better. But you know, do it for a short time and just see, just see how it makes you feel. And if you feel fantastic on it, you know, then it's for you to Let's decide what yeah. you want more. You know. And yeah. I know what you said about you know. Well, what do I eat for breakfast? But we've got this idea. <laughs> that we need to have cereal and toast for breakfast. Um, and, but there's no rule that says you have to have that. That is like a, a socially constructed rule that you can break. Um, so when you know what foods are good and what foods are bad, it doesn't matter what meal it is, you just eat what you want at that meal. You know, it's, it's this weird idea that we can only have certain things for certain meals, you know. Mm, um, that's very true. And in fact, you know, our food has a very powerful impact uh, on our brain and on the neurotransmitters that we produce in our brain. And uh, something that I've, I've learned is that there are, are a couple of neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin, and they, they're, they're very good when they're kind of in balance with each other. Mm -hmm. But if one of them uh, spikes up, then the other one will drop down. And, but the thing is that we need dopamine to focus and concentrate and um, uh, make good decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's really important, especially when you're working and you want to concentrate and be productive. Um, but when we have a breakfast like cereal, slice of toast with a marmalade or jam, a glass of orange juice. What we're doing is, unbeknown to us, what we're doing is we are boosting the serotonin in our brain and the dopamine goes down. And so it actually, if we do that right at the start of the day, which breakfast is, we're setting ourselves up to, um, to find it really hard to focus and concentrate. Um, and then not only that, but actually most likely come mid-morning, we'll have a sugar low because yeah. we've had such a sugar spike early on. So then we grab something else sweet, another sugar yeah. spike. And so and it sets us off. And then of course you roller coaster. That's absolutely. Fine. Then you get into the insulin resistance discussion, you know, and the fact that you're with eating all that sugar, your insulin is constantly having to be activated and then it gets less sensitive and you get resistant. And then, you know, we all know where that leads, you know, the diabetes diagnosis. So there's, there's so much we can do, but it's just, and, and for me, what I find really, really disheartening, I suppose, is that a lot of the conventional medicine hasn't caught up mm. you know they're still prescribing um you know cereal for breakfast yes. <laughs> they're still prescribing I this stuff healthy. yeah but a so-called healthy diet mm. but it's not no 
And you see, the thing that concerns me as well is we're sending children off to school on that kind of breakfast and expecting them to learn. You know, my sister's a teacher and she says children, they're bouncing off the walls. She's like, they just can't retain any information. Literally, they're repeating things again and again and again, trying to get the children to learn. And so, you know, if we if we changed that breakfast at the start of the day, and we have something where it's like eggs or like a porridge, maybe jumbo oats or um, a, a muesli with lots of nuts and seeds and maybe a full fat yogurt, actually that sets us up better at the start of the day. Yeah. Um, but also uh, not only in terms of being able to concentrate and, and think and be productive, but also in terms of our sugar levels, because then we're not on that roller coaster yeah. of the peaks and troughs. And that really makes a difference when it comes to somebody who's suffering with anxiety, because every time those they get those sugar drops, it triggers um, anxiety. Um, and so, you know, whatever we can do to try to keep those blood sugars levels stable um, actually is really beneficial for somebody if they're struggling with anxiety. Yeah. And the side effects are immense because as you, as you touched on, you know, the, the, um, the symptoms that people get, and it's not just menopausal symptoms. It's, you know, it, if you're ever eating that poor diet that, you know, the majority of people today are eating all that processed food, that's all that's it. I, I look at it as storing non-food toxins in your body and that it's going to cause inflammation. It's going to cause issues. It's going to be, you know, um, congesting everything. Yeah. I think as well, it's very nutrient poor yes. uh, food. I mean, yeah, I would say whole food, real food is food. <laughs> um, and, you know, when we eat that kind of diet, we are supporting our body in all of the ways that it needs as it's, it's our bodies are biochemical. You mm. know, we, we have biochemical reactions happening all the time. And yeah. so we need nutrients to keep all of those processes working properly. Uh, I've got an example. Um, magnesium and B vitamins are needed to help us, uh, uh, to help the body to manufacture a neurotransmitter. It's got quite a long name, but it's abbreviated to GABA, GABA. Mm -hmm. and, um, and this is a very calming neurotransmitter in the brain and is really helpful for managing anxiety levels. Um, yeah. However, uh, when our magnesium levels and our B vitamin levels are low, we're not producing enough of that neurotransmitter. And, you know, they reckon that about 70% of the world's population, massive amount of people, is magnesium deficient. Yeah has their magnesium levels are too low. And, you know, magnesium is responsible for like more than 300 biochemical processes. Yes. And so that's, that's all of those processes not functioning properly in the body when magnesium yeah. is too low. 
Um, and so, yeah, making sure to eat the foods then that that support all of those nutrients to have the right balance of everything in mm. our bodies is really important. Yeah. And I actually take magnesium is one of the supplements that I actually yes. take because yes, what I too. found is it, it helps with so many different things. Yes. Um, even I'm I've been, a you know, decades I've had migraines and that's one of the few things that has really helped. Uh, reduce them down to their almost non-existent now and normally they're self-inflicted because I you know I've indulged in too much not so great stuff um and I'll I'll, I'll get one pop up when my body says uh, uh you know mm. <laughs> do that too far um yeah. you know but I can accept that because it's self-inflicted but on on the main you know um I, I and I take a, a B complex as well mm. mainly because although I do eat pretty healthy food, I can't physically eat enough um, of those foods each day. Because oh. I've, what I found is I'm actually eating far less because I'm not, because I'm eating the right stuff, I'm not as hungry. Um, yes. You know, so whereas when you're eating, eating rubbish, your body is still craving and saying, no, 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 that didn't satisfy the, the, the need for the uh, nutrients. That's so eat true. something else, eat something yeah. else. And it's like this little voice and that's why we end up that's why we can eat a whole pizza <laughs> um whereas you know you put that amount of you know fresh vegetables or salad you you just wouldn't get through it all <laughs> no it's very true it's because of that little voice saying no 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 need more need more um because oh, your 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 mind your 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 brain or your body is saying i need more nutrients so keep eating <laughs> yeah yeah and the thing as well, you see, is when we go through the, the menopause, because of the change in hormones, they've been, they will have been like really protective uh, of us uh, in the years that we had them when they were at optimum levels. And um, as they go down, it kind of makes us more vulnerable. Um, I often talk about um, brain reserve uh, if you can imagine like a tank of fuel mm -hmm. and <clears throat> what you want is to have, you know, a nice full tank so that if something unexpected comes along, it's okay. You can, you can do a journey and you'll be fine. Um, but, you know, if you're already in the red zone, then anything unexpected comes along and you're, you're in trouble, you're more vulnerable. Yeah. And it's the same thing uh, applies really with our brain. The, the greater the brain reserve we have, the quicker we can recover uh, from uh, difficult situations or handle life stresses. We um, just kind of uh, bounce back more quickly. Yeah. And uh, whereas when we go below that line, again, into, into that red zone, that's when we start to see symptoms of um like more mental health conditions so like you know low mood um anxiety uh all, all of those kind of things um then start surfacing as symptoms and so what we can do though is we can build that brain reserve back up again yes. and you know that's again in a sense where i'm working is to help people do just that so you know, let's just take, for example, if, if your brain reserve is really good and you have one really late night, then it's OK. You know, whereas a really late night on top of months of late night or poor sleep and you're just struggling more and more. 
Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's that combination. I mean, that's that's the same with me with with the migraines. You know, yes. if I keep a, a relatively balanced life, have the occasional evening out or something, that's fine. But if that's I have right. two or three days where I'm really not eating as well as I should, and you know, maybe a, a few too many glasses of something at the the local bar, then my my body says, "Ah, oh, you've pushed it too far now," um, and uh, you you're gonna you're going to suffer for a couple of days and you need to get yourself back to where you should be. And it's interesting what you say about the, the bank account. I mean, Stephen Covey talks about the emotional bank account as well as making sure that yeah. you you're filling it up with good stuff so that yes. when the bad stuff happens, you've got some reserves there, you know, That's and it's, it's a similar, similar idea. Um, and I think, you know, what's, what's quite trend, it'd be interesting to get your, your view on something because, you know, if I look at, Obviously, I, I talk a lot about anxiety, and when I look at the stats that are available across the world, especially from the World Health Organization, people suffering um, and experiencing anxiety, it's gone up. Now, you could argue, well, maybe people are just sort of um, acknowledging it more, it's being more diagnosed or whatever, but, but whichever way you look at it, it does feel like it's on the increase. So how much of that is to do with the way we live our lives yeah i would say they they reckon that about uh 80% of all diseases and illnesses are down to dietary lifestyle and environmental factors yeah crazy and that's right and that would mean that we have got way more control uh, over our health than we think. Um, but I think as well, you know, the that situation that we've had with the pandemic over the last few years and followed actually by, um, you know, uh, wars and disasters and other things that have happened have kind of uh, caused um, our uh, a certain part of our brain. So on brain imaging, uh, you can see um, on SPECT, sorry, on SPECT scans, you can see parts of the brain that are like overactive, more active than they mm -hmm. ought to be. And when we're anxious, then there's certain parts of the brain that that kind of light up on, on these scans. Mm -hmm. And um, what's happening is that as we've gone through these experiences, more and more people have that uh, increased activity in, mm. in that part of the brain, which is then coming, coming you know, expressing itself in, in being more anxious. Yeah. And um, again, we can do things to, to calm that down, um, uh, but it, it, it needs for us to be intentional. It's, it's not just necessarily going to... Yeah to happen by itself and and like you say you know i th i think the the medical um uh, establishment you know has has a series of tools at its um at its disposal and the main ones are medicines and medications um i think they're overstretched at the moment mm -hmm. in a lot of in a lot of places and um and so you know just even having that that time and conversation with somebody even now face to face is yeah. is really quite a challenge um and so you know looking at whatever we can do 
to help us look after ourselves uh, actually makes us less dependent yeah. um, on, on those other things. Um, and you know that um, doctors, when they train in the UK, and I'm, I'm not sure about elsewhere in the world because I don't know about that, but it, certainly in the UK, they do nothing on nutrition. No. They're not, they don't do anything at all on nutrition. Mm. Um, and that is quite alarming when you know we're now talking and a lot of people it's not just us there's this hundreds of people out there thousands talking about the the benefits of a proper healthy nutritious diet mm. and how that can you know stave off so many illnesses and conditions if only we you know exercise properly and not not you know not going to the gym every day but just you know getting out in nature walking being active moving a lot and eating the right types of food yes yes very much so and i think as well it's it's really helpful when we when we notice those signs that in ourselves when that brain reserve has just dipped just dipped a bit low yeah. and then kind of thinking, okay, what do I need to do to bring it back up again? And again, but just being intentional about doing that and spotting yeah. it quickly and uh, addressing it. Yeah. And diet is more than just about food. For me, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that I talk about is looking at, you know, what you're taking in what the information you're letting in so if you're watching news stories um and you know most news stories are all about disasters and yeah you know we want to keep abreast of what's going on in the world but we don't need to have it running 24 hours a day we don't need the subliminal messages going into us all that time and and one of the things that i was really cross about during the pandemic was a lot of the reports on the news about how people um, telling people they were going to get anxious and depressed and that it, they were all going to, that people, because of the pandemic, were going to get these mental health conditions. And, you know, when people are listening to that day in, day out, they start believing it. Yeah. And it's that sort of diet of information that we don't need. Mm. So, yes. you know, so man, oh, turn the news off. And I had somebody yeah. say to me, well, yeah, but I need to know how many people are dying of COVID. And I said, why do you need to know that? You don't mm. need to know that. It's, no. it's not information that is going to change your life in any way, shape or form. Yeah. So turn it off and watch a yeah. comedy. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's, you know, and it's the same with menopause and, and things, you know, there's so much talk about HRT and that, you know, all these symptoms are, are normal. It's just part of life, you know, and, and for us who have said, hang on, this is not acceptable. I've got to do what I can to get rid of this because it's just horrible. Um, so we know that actually you don't, it's not normal. It's not expected. It is if you're on a bad diet, but it's, it, it doesn't have to be, it's not inevitable. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to uh, I th you're so right when you talk about the media. And, um, uh, you know, I learned something um, fairly recently that I genuinely found uh, shocking. Mm -hmm. So um, in our brain, the front part of the brain, which is the most recently evolved part of our brain, 
um, really helps us to think things through. It's that mm-hmm. part of the brain I was talking about before that helps us to hold our focus and attention and helps us to make good decisions. And that part of the brain needs to be kind of in control. It's it's known as the executive or the supervisor part of the brain. And, and it really does need to be in control. But it's it's kind of a bit slow, you know. We have to we have to take time, think things through, figure out, you know, what, what we're going to do. Whereas uh, the amygdala, which is uh, part of the like the deep limbic system, is is very speed of light, <laughs> fast, yeah, yeah, yeah. And super quick in in assessing you know um, situations and trying to keep us safe. And what should happen is that there should be this lovely, strong connection between the prefrontal cortex at the front, the executive part of the brain, and that um, more emotional, fear-driven part of the brain. But what can happen is that under prolonged stress, that uh, more primitive part of the brain can become stronger. Mm. And uh, so much so, that it can start to kind of take over control within our brain. And again, that's very much involved with like chronic uh, anxiety. Yeah. And uh, but, but we can bring that balance back. But again, it does take hard work. And that's where kind of a lot of like cognitive behavioral therapies and those kind of things come in. Because what we then need to do is like really calm down that overactive part in order to then think through those situations more logically and with yeah. reason again and to to view them differently rather than yeah. with the, the gut response that we have yeah. um, at the time. And, and you I- see, that's why I get so cross in a sense with the media because what they're doing is they are constantly fueling that um, that uh, emotional part of the brain, um, and therefore actually causing that imbalance within the brain. Uh, yes. I also uh, have been saying to my family, certain members of my family, especially on the the older generation, really been encouraging them. Look, you know, once a day. If that, that's all you need once a day, you know, because otherwise they would, you know, it'd be like the early morning, the lunchtime news, the early evening, the late evening, you know, it'd be on on the go all the time. And I'm like, this is just so wonderful. It's, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, as a hypnotherapist, I work with the, um, you know, the unconscious mind and the conscious mind. So thinking brain and, you know, um, the controller, whatever you want to call them, there's so many different ways of looking at it. But but ultimately, what you're talking about is, you know, the the, the ancient brain is is the job of the ancient brain to keep you alive. So, yes. and what it's doing is, if it's it, it's seeing danger, and therefore the minute it sees danger, it activates a fear response. So you whole load of hormones, and the thinking brain, or the human brain, or the you know the frontal brain, or whatever you want to call it is switched off because it's not required for you to run away or fight or anything else. So, and as you say, as that gets stronger and, you know, a lot of, a lot of therapists talk about, um, or a lot of coaches as well, talk about getting in alignment. And that is, that is so true because it's about having your, your thinking brain 
uh, or your conscious brain actually using the same language at, or giving better language to your unconscious brain than it is being fed elsewhere. Yes. Um, so which yes. is why the diet, the, the, the knowledge, the, the conversations, the, the things you're seeing it is so important because your, your unconscious brain or your ancient brain is sort of saying, oh, hang on a second, should I be worried about this? Should I be worried about all these things that are happening in the world? And what if, what if, what if? And of course, mm. we know that as soon as you go into what if territory, that triggers that anxiety um, and you end up with this whole you know, spider's web um, mess in your head of going through all these what if scenarios. And, mm. and that's not good for mm. anyone. <laughs> no, exactly. I, um, I love uh, Joan, Joan Rosenberg, Dr. Joan Rosenberg has mm. um, a book about anxiety. And, and she said, your brain will try to answer whatever question you pose. And so if you ask a question that elicits a negative uh, yeah. thought or response, your brain is just only too happy uh, to uh, give you the thoughts, the feelings, and the memories to support that, that thought. I, uh, I know. I call that my Jack and Nori moment because that is obviously Jack and Nori is a storytelling children's uh, thing, uh, a show, which is still on. I, could, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was well, from my childhood, but it's still yeah. going. So whenever I sit there and I, and I occasionally I think, uh-oh, I'm off again. That's it. Jack and Ori time. I'm making up stories because our mind, def- as you said, it will justify anything, absolutely anything. It, it's got such great imagination. If, if you ask it, as you say, ask it something or you subliminally ask it for reasons why you can eat the pizza or is okay to have, you know, whatever it is you want to eat or drink or do, or it'll come up with reasons. It will tell you, it, it will justify everything you want to do. And mm. um, so if your thinking brain isn't strong enough um, with a clear goal, which is aligned with your unconscious mind, then yeah, you're going to get into trouble. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it's great. I love it. It's for me, it's so fascinating the way mm. the mind works and I just wish we taught more of this to to our our children at school because if they understood this, I I worked in a school a couple of years ago and I was horrified at how people just weren't getting some of this stuff, you know, because it's not taught. Um, And sometimes people see it as a little bit sort of, you know, um, woo, I guess, you know, (laughs) we don't really need it. Let's just, let's stick within the societal norms, but they're not, not really helping us. So... But Alison, tell us how people can work with you. Okay. Well, um, I've been thinking about how I could really add value for your listeners. And, uh, you know, each one of us has different circumstances. We're, We're all unique. Mm-hmm. And uh, so therefore, one person's circumstances can vary from another. And so... Um, I think it's really important to have somebody that can help guide you uh, through um, what you're going through. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, listening to podcasts are fantastic because, again, we've come up with so many different things yeah. um, that can be of helpful helpful for people. Um, but I think there's there's nothing quite like having somebody uh, kind of walk with you through the process that's that's very personal for you. So um, I've decided that I would like to offer three free coaching sessions for your listeners today. 
And I want to make sure that anyone who wants to optimize their brain health has the opportunity to do so. And so it will be, unfortunately, first come, first served. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, you know, obviously this is going out to your all of your listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, but So I would encourage people to just you know, go to my website. You can find me at Alison with two L's, uh, Liu, which is L-I-U, uh, coaching.com slash call. And for the first three people to book a call, I'm going to give them a free coaching session. And if what we're talking about makes sense to them and they would like to work together afterwards, we can talk about that. But what I want to do is make sure that they have a coaching session that really helps them get the outcome that they need and that they are looking for. So if there are no spaces left, uh, by the time somebody comes and takes a look, then I'm afraid that uh, we're out of slots. But that is what I would like to offer your listeners. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And I'll make sure that all the show notes and all the details are in the show notes. So your website and how to contact you. And even if they're not lucky enough to get one of those free coaching sessions, uh, then they can still get in touch with you and find out everything that you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Alison, one thing I always ask my guests before they, they leave is for three takeaways for my listeners. So if you were going to give them some advice, some information, something useful, what would they be? Mm. So our brain makes us who we are. It is the most valuable asset that we own. It governs all our thoughts, our feelings, our hopes and dreams. It helps us work and play and build, have good relationships with people and belong and feel part of a community. So I would really say that we need to do whatever we can to look after our brain and to help it function as optimally as we can. Um, And so I would really encourage your listeners to invest uh, in their brain health and their mental health. Um, so things that I would recommend are certainly when it comes to anxiety, I would, I would think that taking some choice supplements, something like, uh, magnesium that we've been talking about, um, there are various forms of it. I would, I would go for, um, citrate, malate or glycinate myself, mm-hmm. um, a, a really good B vitamin complex and uh, just omega-3 fatty acids as well would be a really good one to include. And, you know, they can, they can just re-help, help to restore the, the balance of that um, calming neurotransmitter. Um, the other thing that I, I would suggest is that when they feel like uh, they are in a a place where anxious thoughts is taking over, just to try to do something mindful as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So whether that's um, doing some deep breathing and counting, and as you count, really focus on the numbers or focus on like a phrase or a word that's, you know, like peace or calm, Um, uh, but doing anything where they have to concentrate on what they're doing, so a few yoga poses or uh, anything like that. Um, and then uh, finally, I would just say, um, you know, the, about the importance of having a sense of meaning and purpose. 
uh, in our life and uh, just uh, really connecting with what gives them that sense of purpose. What do they feel passionate about? Um, and uh, really making sure to uh, to be doing that within within their life. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because, yeah, that kind of without that, I think we can have like such a, a free floating anxiety. Yeah, brilliant. That's really, really helpful. And I'm sure everyone will find that incredibly insightful. And it's been an absolute pleasure, Alison, having you on the show today. Oh, Dawn, thank you so much. It really has been a pleasure as well. I've really appreciated it. Yeah, it's, we've had a we've had a great chat. So um, thank you very much, and um, have a, a great evening. And um, we'll speak again soon. Take care. Thank you. Take care.